welcome to Red Rocks Young Adults. We are so glad that you guys are here tonight. Um, raise your hand in here if this is your very first time of maybe joining us at Red Rocks Young Adults. Awesome. Can we welcome them and give them a hand? We are so glad that you guys are here. Uh, we, are, we have been praying for you. You are an answer to prayer. The fact that you are here on a Thursday night in Denver, Colorado, and not somewhere else as a 20-something um, is a testimony to the fact that Jesus is alive. And so um, how many of you love uh, the Lord? How many of you love Jesus? Just love him. Just exalt him. Um, uh, tonight is all about him, tonight is for him, and so uh, if you don't know him, I'm hoping that you will give him an opportunity to light up your life and to come into your heart um, uh, tonight, and so, and if you do know Jesus, um, maybe as your Savior but not as your Lord, I'm praying that tonight um, kind of manifests and shifts your heart in a different direction where he not only um, saves you, but he now sustains you and he moves you uh, to not just be a Christian that comes to church, to be a Christian that is church to the world. Um, and so tonight's a, a really, really special night. Um, it is going to be a night of honor, um, a night where we say thank you. Um, we at Red Rocks Church, we have a program. We have an internship program. It is nine months long. It is unpaid, and it is um, over all of our departments. And so from worship to tech to youth to um, young adults, uh, it's all, the full gambit. And so these uh, interns, they give up uh, jobs. Some of them give up well-paying jobs. Some of them feel a call by God and they give up um, maybe uh, schooling or they give up, um, you know, they definitely give up a lot of things because being unpaid um, is very difficult for nine months. They raise support. And they come here, and uh, no one knows their names, no one knows who they are, but if you have been at Red Rocks Church long enough, you know that Red Rocks Church and Red Rocks Young Adults, that we believe in the type of leadership uh, that Jesus talks about, okay? And so when you hear leadership that's talked about in the world, the type of leadership that's in the world is the type of leadership that is showy. Jesus said, um, you know how the pagans do it, you know how uh, the Romans do it, where they lord over other people. In other words, you want to be the top dog and you want to see how many people you can get below you. That's how the world leads. And Jesus says, if you want to be like me, then you look nothing like that. He says, not so with you, Christian. And he says, instead, he says, you need to, if you would like to be first, you need to be last. If you would like to be great in the kingdom of God, you need to get low and you need to serve. And this is an unpopular message. Jesus also said that if you want to be known, if you want to be great, if you want to be successful in my kingdom, if you want to be rewarded in my kingdom, you don't do what's showy. You don't do what's on Instagram. You don't do things so everyone sees you or so that you're big like the Kardashians or that everyone knows your name. So the world says that you are successful when, when you have arrived, when everyone sees you. They see you you in your successes. And Jesus says it's nothing like that. In fact, you are successful when what you do goes unseen, when the way you serve no one knows about. And the four people I'm going to bring up here are nothing short of that. And for the last nine months, they have diligently and bravely and courageously and joyfully, I do not know people that have served the way these four have served. I do not know, I, I don't believe that uh, anyone in this room 
myself included, I know four people like this, who um, the joy that they have, the honor that they have, the diligence they have with the details, and um, how much they have um, sown into a ministry and um, into this place in a way that no one will ever know about. They have pushed this church forward. They have pushed this ministry forward. And so tonight, it is my honor to honor them. This scripture was uh, the scripture that we as a staff read before uh, Red Conference and that we kind of uh, put in our hearts. It's the message version, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6. It says, well, uh, excuse me, excuse me. Well, now is the right time to listen, the day to be helped. Don't put it off. Don't frustrate God's work by showing up late, throwing a question mark over everything we're doing. Our work uh, as God's servant gets validated or not in the details. People are watching us as we stay at our post alertly, unswervingly, in hard times, tough times, bad times, when we're beaten up, jailed, mobbed, working hard, working late, working without eating, with a pure heart, with a clear head, with a steady hand, in gentleness, holiness, and honest love when we're telling the truth, when God's showing his power, when we're doing our best and setting things right, when we're praised, when we're blamed, when we're slandered, when we're honored, true to our word, though distrusted, ignored by the world, but recognized by God, terrifically alive, uh, though rumored, rumored to be dead, beaten within an inch of our lives, but refusing to die, immersed in tears, yet always filled with deep joy, living on handouts, yet enriching many, having nothing, yet having it all. And so uh, it is my honor to introduce uh, four people tonight uh, that are that verse incarnate. And so if CM, Sophie, Preston, and Keaton could come out, and if you guys could give them a round of applause. In true fashion, they carried out their own chairs. <laughs> we were like, we don't have stagehands enough for you. So you guys got to, sorry. Um, all right, so uh, welcome these four. Um, guys, I love you guys. Um, why don't we start here? Why don't uh, you guys tell us your names, uh, where you're from, and just give us a little picture about you. So we'll start with you, Preston. Perfect. Hi, everyone. I'm Preston. <laughs> I grew up just a little bit south of here. Um, I have two parents who are right here. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. They're the ones who made me who I am, and they aged beautifully during the raising process of me. So thank you for good genes. I'm going to look good later, just so you all know. Um, I also have a younger sister who's studying abroad right now, and of course, I have the family that I'm sitting up here with right now, because um, these, these three, this one, couple down there, they mean everything to me. Um, mm -hmm. So this is what it's about, is these people right here. Yeah. <laughs> They're all single. Go ahead, Soph. Hi, I'm Sophie. <laughs> so my family, most of them live in England. I am a first-generation American. Woohoo! Oh, sorry, my, I said that loud. My dad is down here in front. Hi, Dad. Yeah, Dad. Yeah, I, I was born in Boston, but we came here when I was six, so 
It's, it's been a while. O almost native? Almost, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> yeah? Sam? Hi, I'm CM. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's pronounced like CM, not Sam, in case you're wondering. Um, and actually, my, my family is currently in Mexico taking care of some stuff down there. And um, so I have my mentor here tonight, Tracy. She's right there in the front row. Um, yeah, um, and kind of like Sophie, I was not raised here. I, um, my family is originally from Mexico. I was born in Los Angeles, and then we moved here when I was five. So I'm also, I also feel like a native, although I'm not like born here. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I think that's, that's me. That's awesome. Go ahead, Keaton. My name's Keaton. Uh, <laughs> I grew up about a half mile that way. Um, my mom used to bring us here when it was a Hobby Lobby, before it was a Vietnamese grocery store, and I, I hated it. Um, so there's a little, little bit of irony here. Uh, my parents are right here. They're two wonderful people. Uh, yeah. And then I, I, have, uh, I have two younger brothers who are way, way better humans than I am. Uh, but th they're not here tonight. They're off doing their thing where they are. Um, and I am, an, so I am a native, and it's just... It's cool to be here. <laughs> awesome. All right, so uh, you guys, I would love to know, um, we talked about it at Red Conference, and so this is our first conference or first uh, question, but uh, what was the moment for you when you went from being saved, a Christian, uh, to being lit on fire? Yeah. Check. Oh, guess it's me. Okay. <laughs> Hello. Um, okay, so, well, I was saved when I was six, um, but the moment that I truly felt like fire was um, actually three years ago at the Kingdom Come Young Adults Retreat. Um, it was the first retreat I'd ever been to. Uh, it was the first big church event that I had been a part of in a really long time. And I remember it was, I think, Saturday night, Nick Nelson was talking about um, cutting ties with things uh, in this world that were preventing you from coming closer to Christ. Um, and so he had this visual where he had strings attached to his limbs. I don't know if anyone was there to see that, but he had strings attached to his limbs and he would like pull a string up and uh, it would say a word. So it, one of them was like work. The other one was like friends. Another one was relationships. And I don't remember what the fourth one was, but he then went and like cut the strings, and I don't know why, but that just hit me and hit home because I had just gotten out of like a very unhealthy relationship, um, and so to have him say like cut those people out of your life, like cut that out of your life, because it's not gonna, like it's not gonna fill you up, it's not gonna bring any life to you, it's only gonna bring death. Um, that was really powerful for me, and so I, I did. I, I got home. I told those people, like, I can't talk to you anymore. I can't hang out with you. I can't see you anymore. Um, and the and then that was the, the first step, and it, it sucked. It was awful. Um, but God did such miraculous things through that obedience. Uh, and, and so we got back, and I signed up for everything. I signed up for a life group. I signed up to serve, um, volunteered in every area I could. And that's, that's where it all began, like, the, the amount of joy that I felt in serving um, healed wounds that I didn't even know that I had. Um, 
it, it really was just like when you lay down yourself and put others first and everything, that's where like everything began and you just, I just felt on fire. Uh, for me, uh, it happened in August of 2015 down at the Auraria campus, because um, I've been in college for like eight years. I'm like <laughs> taking my time. Um, <laughs> and there was this lady, there was Everybody actually like... goes to college for eight years. Yeah, they're called doctors. <laughs> Sorry. It's from, a, it's from a movie. I'm on my it's way. It's from a movie. <laughs> I'm on my way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there was this lady and then a few other people down there, and they had these um, giant signs. They were more like sails. They're, like, huge. Um, and if you go to any of those schools on the Aurora campus, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and she had this. It said, word for word, uh, today's churches are evil. Find Jesus by yourself in the New Testament. And I was like, well, that's just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> can't tell a man you love him but hate his wife like it just doesn't doesn't work and so um I, I would just I would like walk up to him I'd been a Christian for a year at this point and uh walked up to her and was like so uh like, why are you doing this like I go to a great church and um she was like belittling and condemning college students as I walked by or as pe they walked by and as soon as I walked up I became her like next target and I was with my my best friend Sean and it was like, you're not a Christian. Your pastor can't be a Christian. You don't know what he's saying. You can't, you don't know him. How do you know he's telling you the truth? And it was like, whoa. <laughs> and um, she's like, you probably can't even quote to me scripture. You, like, you don't know anything about Jesus. And I was a year, I was a year old. The only verse I knew was John 3, 16 and, uh, 3 and 17. And so, like, I, I quoted it to her. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't get the irony in that one and um and but so this this encounter like it's funny now but it like it like wrecked me and she said one thing to me um that I actually took with me that made me very very thankful for this encounter it was like all I can tell you is find Jesus in the New Testament that moment was when I realized like I loved the Lord but I didn't know the Lord and um at least like on an intimate personal basis and so I went home and I grabbed my Bible and I said, uh, Father, I, I want to know you more. And then I read Galatians through Colossians because um, that's what you do when you're an emotional train wreck and you don't feel like a Christian anymore. Um, <laughs> but but that, that day became, um, that was the moment when um, the Lord became very real and the Bible went from being a book to a living and active word sharper than any two-edged sword. And um, I'm, I'm just so thankful for yeah. that encounter. And That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I was not raised in a Christian home, so my story is very much from cold to hot. Um, and my, my parents got divorced when I was in middle school. So, so I, was in, I was in a broken place, and, and I felt... I felt alone, so for me, when, when Jesus found me, it was like, there's no in-between. Yeah. Like, 
He's everything. He, he came and he was like, Sophie, I, I'm your family. Like, like I, I want to bind up every wound. I, I want to I take care of you. Like, I am, I'm your parental unit. Like, I am your all in all. So, so for me, there, there wasn't really an in-between. Um, and and it's, it's cool. It's cool getting to be the first believer in my family and, and seeing, seeing that God, he is a God of miracles. And, and, and seriously, like, like when, when you have faith the, the size of a mustard seed, you will see a mountain jump. And, and I've seen mountains jump in my family. So, um, yeah, that, that's kind of the short answer. of. Mm-hmm. I left my microphone on back there, so it's dead already. So I'll be borrowing all night. Um, <laughs> I grew up Christian, Christian home, great parents. Um, went to church each Sunday, kind of got it and, and knew what I was kind of talking about. Or at least I did. I thought I knew who Jesus was, but I knew a lot about him and not really who he was. College came around, and like so many people I've talked to in this room, uh, I thought it'd be cool to just try and run away from that all. Um, but the cross extends as far as you can run. And so no matter how far I went, he kept, he kept finding me. The Lord kept finding me and speaking to me, and I'd try to go a little bit further, and he'd still meet me there, and I'd try to go a little bit further, and he'd meet me there. And one year when, when everything had just kind of fallen apart, you know, I'd studied abroad and come back and, and didn't have any friends and just wanted to be gone. Again, just wanted to go back and get away from everything. I moved in with an old friend, and, and I know he's in this room somewhere. So, Zach, I, I'm eternally grateful to you. Um, if I have one piece of advice for tonight for any of you, it's be the friend who doesn't stop fighting. And he pestered me for three months and said, let's go to church, let's go to church, let's go to church. And I was like, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. I, I can figure this out on my own. One night he said, let's go back. So I did. I finally caved. And that was life group launch night. And so I went and signed up for a life group. And went the week after, and things started kind of mulling in my heart again, and, and things started to seem like they might be really real this time, and so I went back a second week to, to young adults who had just become that, and I decided to volunteer, and the week after that, after going to life group and then coming and volunteering, it was like a light switch. It was like a light switch when the Holy Spirit just takes all the black you've painted in the room and just puts a light in the middle of it, and you can't you can't sit in that darkness anymore when that bright light is there. And so I said, I'm just going to get closer to this. I'm just going to get so close to this. And that was the moment that I decided to just like CM, pour everything back into this place, pour everything back into the people, and just give every second that I had. If I wasn't at school, I was in this building, if it was offered to me. And I've just experienced such incredible love and been lit on fire in a way that um, I couldn't imagine three years ago, just like really the rest of us. It's been, it, you know, some of us have known the Lord for so long, some of us for a shorter time, but it's been three years where he's just taken everything and, and blown it up into this incredible, incredible journey. So. Um, you know, if, if you are in here tonight, and I don't know who I'm talking to, and you're on the fence about, um, you know, how far and how deep you go with Jesus, um, maybe talk to one of these guys tonight, or maybe let the Holy Spirit just talk to you about your life and about um, how close he wants to be with you, um, because he has so much more um, than what you're thinking right now. 
Um, so uh, tell me about the wildest story that you've ever had sharing Jesus with others, because that's, uh, that's what we're about at Red Rocks Young Adults. That's what we're about at Red Rocks Church is uh, bringing prodigals home. And so um, maybe just share your favorite story from that. Let's start with Sophie, because uh, for those of you who don't know Sophie, we will be anywhere. Uh, we'll be at like Chipotle, and we're like, oh, no, there she goes again. And like... <laughs> And she's like, hey, I see you have a leg. Can I pray for you for healing? And we're just like, oh, gosh, it's, it's okay. You know, and we all surround and are like, let's do it. You know, so um, she is taught, yeah. She'll walk up to complete strangers and be like, do you know Christ? And, and uh, this, is, this is what we've lived with for the last nine months. So why don't you start? All right. Yeah, um, so I'm actually going to share a story that in our eyes could look like a failure. And this was a couple years back when I was just starting to figure out with God, like, what does this look like? Like, what does it mean to share you? So picture this little blonde, scrunchy-wearing, fanny pack-adorning little chick hiking on the apex trail behind Heritage Square. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm going up the mountain doing my thing. And I'm like, Lord, just give me an opportunity. Like, I just, I want to share you. This is going to be awesome. Let's share your love, Jesus. And, and so, of course, this like super gnarly mountain biker comes and we're at the same rest stop. And, and I can just feel the hardness, you know, what, what you, you can just sense the hardness, and, and God was like, here's your opportunity, and I was like, no, no, <laughs> no, bye, um, so I didn't, I, I just, like, I kept walking, I was like, no, um, and then, of course, because God is awesome, this guy, we're, we're at the same stop again, because he's fixing something on his bike, and so I'm like, okay, fine. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what to say. So in the most awkward way you could possibly imagine, I like walk over to this guy and I'm like, hey, so do you believe in God? And, and he looks at me and he's like, uh, sure. Like, for your sake, like, sure. And, you know, I just start to bring up stuff about Jesus, and he, he is, I mean, he, he was an atheist, so he just, he started firing, like, every question at me that, like, you don't know <laughs> the answer to, and I was like, I'm sorry, I don't know, I actually don't know that. Um, and so, like, feeling like a total idiot and, like, a failure, and like, why, God? Um, and so... It ended very awkwardly, too. He just, like, rode away. I walked. Um, at, no, I actually, so I stomped. And this is why this story is wild. I, like, I stomp away so angry, like, God, like, frustrated and confused by God and mad at the guy. And then as I'm stomping, I almost stomp directly on this black snake. And, and in that moment, God speaks so clearly to me, like, don't you dare get mad at my kids. Like, there, there is one. There is one who is deserving of all of this anger you feel right now. His name is Satan. He's the one who, who caused us to fall in the garden. Like, direct your anger there, Sophie. So, so <laughs> ever since that moment, I'm, I'm able, when, when I'm stepping out, 
I'm able to see people for their created value. That's right. <laughs> like, we don't, we don't get angry at people for, for not knowing God. We don't get angry at people for, for being hardened. Like, like we, we get his eyes, we get his heart to see them. We, we get to see them with their created value. So all that anger, all that frustration, there is one who warrants it. His name is Satan, not God, not people. He doesn't get mad at his kids. So, yeah. yeah. And, and so, uh, what, would you, what would you say maybe to somebody in here who is nervous, especially around Easter, to maybe invite someone to church or? Yeah. Um, well, something, something I've learned since a couple years ago of it being super awkward is that it really, it doesn't have to be awkward, and, and it's a cool place to be of, you know what, like, I'll look like a fool for Jesus. I don't care. Like, may, may we be a generation that's unashamed of the gospel? Mm-hmm. And, like, come on. Is, is, a soul, is a soul really worth, like, saving yourself from, like, possibly an awkward moment uh, at the worst? So, so that's what... Like, when I see people out in public, I'm like, do you know the Father? Like, when, when you taste his goodness, you, you can't not share him. You can't not share him with people who are broken. He wants to bind them up. So, so that fear, it really doesn't have to be... It doesn't have to be awkward. It can start with, with casual conversations. Actually, an example from today, our staff, we go to Whole Foods all the time for lunch. It's awesome. Um, and there's, there's a lady behind the counter. Um, and her, her name's Ashley. She's awesome. And the first time I, I talked with her, which was a while back, you, you know, she's cussing. She, she tells me that she had this horrible experience, comes from like a, a tiny church town and was burned, like just so, so much baggage. And I was like, okay, Lord, like, let's get her. Let's, let's bring her. Um, and, but, but he gives you wisdom in the moment. Like, it wouldn't have been received if I just, like, jumped on her and was like, well, let's pray right now. Like, it's going to be awesome. You, you know, so it's taken, like, going back continually and just showing her the kindness of the Lord. Like, asking about her family every week and showing her, I genuinely care for you. And, like, let me show you Jesus. You don't have to tell people about Jesus when when you are the church, when you're, you're just being Jesus. So, right. yeah, yeah. Sam? Hi, again, hello, okay. Um, so my story is different. Um, it was my first time ever having to share Jesus, um, and it was on a missions trip in Zimbabwe. We went there for a month um, a few years back, and we were doing, we were evangelizing, and it was the first time I had ever experienced evangelism and going um, door to door, in this case, like hut to hut, um, in a rural village where people don't speak English. And so I remember um, we split up into teams so that we could cover more huts and go to, you know, just further lengths. Um, and so we, we go to the first one, and my trip leaders, like, takes charge, and we have a translator with us, and everything's going well, and, you know, I'm, I've never seen this before, so I'm just like, I want to learn. I, like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I want to learn. Um, and so the, it wasn't crazy wild. Um, it was wild for me because I'd never done it, but the next hut that we went to, my trip leader was like, Sam, you want to 
you want to try this one? And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, do you want to try explaining God to these people that don't know him? <laughs> um, and so I was like, uh, yeah, sure, I guess. Um, and it was just one of those moments where, you know, like you're kind of like thrown into it and then you don't know what to do. Um, and so uh, as we were sitting down, it was just, I had to learn how, I had never had to explain Jesus or God to someone. So I was at a loss for words and I had to find phrases that were so simple and it, it's as if you're explaining God to a child and like how would you make a child or like have a child understand what, who God is and who Jesus is and it, I mean, I did the best that I could and then through the translator had to trust that he uh, was translating correctly and like, uh, so it was kind of, a, it was a unique experience um, but after that and looking back to that, I, I just saw that like, it wasn't so much that I knew what I, I was saying. Um, it was more so the step of obedience and taking that step that grew me more than, than having all the knowledge that I possibly could about Christ. Um, and so, yeah, just from that, just I, I learned that any step that you take in obedience, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how hard, um, no matter how uncomfortable and kind of like Sophie said, like awkward, if you take that step, God is going to honor it every single time. Um, whether that be talking to the grocery lady, whether it be talking to your barista at Starbucks, whether that be talking to your neighbor, whether that be talking to your family member, like um, as long as you're obedient and and actually trying, like that's the biggest thing is like we're all, we're all afraid, like we're all afraid to share. Like it's it's difficult and it's intimidating because you feel like you have to know all of this knowledge, all of this biblical knowledge that, you know, would, would help you explain this to people. But in reality, I, I just imagine, you know, if, if, if God asked me at the end of it all, like, not if he asked me, but if, if he just said, like, if he asked me, like, did you, well, did you try? Like, I want to be able to say, like, Darn, yes, I tried, like, I tried, I tried, I tried, you know, and, and that's, that's kind of what I think of is, like, anytime I'm afraid, um, and that's kind of the advice I would give to uh, a friend that is, un doesn't know how to share Jesus or is afraid to, like, just try and see what God does with that experience, because he's going to honor it every single time. I actually have a really weird experience with all of this because I kid you not, every single time I go to share the gospel with someone, every time I go try and tell someone about Jesus, um, I start off and I'll, I'll introduce myself, maybe get to know him, and I'm like, do you know Jesus? Or, or can I tell you about him? Or, or whatever that conversation looks like. They always look back at me and they're like, I go to your church. <laughs> so, no, they're, they're, I kid you not, every single time they're like, oh yeah, I'm saved. I go to this church, I do this and this and for a while, I was so frustrated with the Lord. I was like, God, I'm trying to do your work here. This is for you. Um, what am I doing? And he said, I'm not done talking to my kids once I've saved them. Once they're in the house, I still have so much for them. I don't leave them out in the yard to just get work done. I still, I want them around me. And, and you're my vessel for that, to speak life over people yeah. and to show them who they are in yeah. me. So why would you... Why would you be upset with me if I was giving you people that you have a free set of rapport with? You already have them as a sister or a brother. You have no bars on what you can say to them. 
And if you are afraid to go out and tell people about Jesus, ask yourself two questions before you talk to them. Who are you talking to and who are you talking about? And I'll answer the first one. You are talking to a brother or a sister. Whether they're in the house already or not, the Lord loves them. He died for them. He bled for them. Everything is already theirs if they just say yes. So you already have all the authority to speak into their life, to tell them about our God. And the second one, who are you talking about? That's for you to decide. How well do you know your Lord? How That's well? Right. How would you describe him? What does he mean to you? That's and if right. you don't have a lot to tell someone about who Jesus is, spend some time finding out what he means to you. Be with him. Ask him to speak to you and reveal himself so that you can go out so boldly as these three do so well and just say, I know my king and I want you to be a part of this. That's right. Can I share more than one? Yeah. Sweet. Um, so my craziest story uh, probably happened during the internship uh, down at the Auraria campus. Um, if you're at the Auraria campus, man, you got like you got plenty of opportunity to share the gospel. <laughs> um, yes. So, uh, and it was actually, it was a joint effort with uh, Jackie Kosmicki, who is the wonderful lady in the tech booth, and then Ethan Swift. I don't know if, if you haven't met Ethan, he's incredible. Um, but Jackie sent us this video of um, this guy on a little milk box. He was like this tall, he had a big beard, and he was like, you know, he's condemning college students, and he had this huge crowd around him. And um, she sent us this video, and she's like, this, this breaks my heart. And so... Um, I got up from my chair and I went to the Auraria campus because um, what happened to me, I don't want that to happen to other people. And um, so I go down there and I listen to him for a little bit and, uh, you know, he's hard New Testament letters condemning non-Christians with Christian writings, which just letters written to Christians shouldn't be used to condemn non-Christians. It just doesn't, doesn't work. It, it's like, of course they don't have the Spirit of God living in them. They're not saved. And... Um, so I listened to a little bit, and there were, like, students arguing with him. And so instead of, like, engaging him one-on-one -on -one with this giant crowd and making a show, um, I just started, like, going around this circle and talking to college students. And then, um, so my back was to him so that, like, they couldn't, like, look at him, and he couldn't speak over me. And then uh, other Christians started doing the exact same thing. So at, like, one point, we had, like, five or six people who were, like, talking to college students. And um, it was sweet. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I don't know what that Je who, which Jesus that guy's talking about, but let me tell you about the one I know. Um, and, you know, at that point, not many people really wanted to listen, but um, they all dispersed and they went on their way. This one kid, um, he ended up hanging out with us and me, Jackie and Ethan. Um, we bought him lunch and we talked to him for a little bit. And then he ended up uh, going to a retreat with Jackie um, like that following weekend and he got saved, which was awesome. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it, it was, it was, that was sweet. Um, and then, like, uh, some other ones. I think I've seen my boss um, at Olive Garden uh, came to the Lord um, while I was there. Every person at Olive Garden heard the gospel at least every single day I was there. Um, <laughs> for real. And then uh, some of them come to church. Some of them didn't. Some are starting to come to church now that yeah, I'm not there. And there's other people. Right. Um, my boss then got fired because of me, and it was awkward. But she serves at Evergreen, and it's, like, super awesome. It was, like, um, I get people one-on-one -on -one in the sauna at 24 a lot. 
<laughs> it works, I promise. Dude, yes. Fuck it's like <laughs> for you. Like, it's just like if they're in there alone and it's like already awkward and quiet, I'm just like, well, oh, hey man. Um, and uh, <laughs> it's just I, I love sharing. I love talking to about Jesus with people, especially like non-Christians. Um, we live in a culture of tolerance, so not many people actually know what they believe. They don't believe anything because they tolerate everything, so their soul is more desperate and hungry than ever. Yeah. And it's so. like, my mind's telling me I believe everything. My soul knows I'm dying. And so when you, like, speak a word of life, they're like, oh. they're like okay, I get it. Um, yeah. And it's just, I love it. I love talking about him. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Just to encourage these four, um, man, I've seen the four of them do incredible things. One of my favorites was a, a stint of about three months, about three months' time, and Siam would bring uh, random people at church or uh, here at Young Adults to me, and she'd be like, I think they need to get saved. Will you pray for them? And um, she just felt like, not in a weird way, but you felt like, can you pray for them? And I was like, yeah, dude. And every single time I'd be like, yo, you want to get saved? And they'd be like, uh-huh, like every time. And so uh, it was so cool. I mean, it was, it was such a sweet time of like uh, tandem ministry. And she had the, the knowledge to uh, know where a person was at. And so that's a beautiful gift for those of you in here who have that gift and uh, knew what to do with it. And so, um, Keaton, do you have any... Uh, encouragement for anybody that might be nervous about inviting people to Easter or something like that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, the first thing I would do is cultivate a deep love for Jesus, um, like in your secret life, at home, every single day, in the word, in prayer, in worship, um, in being still, um, and then serving. Love is made complete when you give it away, um, so which is like the best part. So the more you give it away, the more you receive from the Lord. And you just develop this like love for him that like you can't help but talk about him. Like you talk about the thing you love. Like you just can't help it. Yeah. Um, like I love peanut butter and I won't shut up about peanut butter. I won't. And I love Jesus and I won't shut up about Jesus because I love him. And um, so I would say that uh, two, you know more than the person you're talking to does probably. And even if you, like, for real, like, um, you know that Jesus loves them. They don't know that. And you know that he wants to be with them. They don't know that. Like, like well, you don't need much else. Um, so, and then I would say sacrifice uh, head knowledge for the spirit. Um, he's the best evangelist. And if you, like, like, say a quick prayer, like, spirit, help me. Like, he will. He'll come. And it's, like, it just, it changes the whole, the whole dynamic of the conversation. Um, do it with a friend. Do it with Sophie. Like, for real. I have this picture on my phone of Sophie, like, at Chipotle, and, like, there's, like, six people all, like, captivated by this one yeah. this one person. It's awesome. Because, mm -hmm. um, like, it's easier to do things with a friend. All the, all the apostles did stuff with friends except for Paul. He, like, even then, he did a lot of stuff, like, um, with friends. Yeah. Um, and that, that, would be, that would be my advice. That's good. Yeah. Awesome. Um, all right, so what has been your favorite part about pouring into Red Rocks Church and into young adults? Um, yeah, you start pressed. A long time ago, I'd say about 2,000 years ago, there's this really cool guy named Jesus. Um, someone got it. And he was followed around by 12 individuals. And if you did not know 
this part of the story, those 12 individuals were in their late teens, early 20s, into mid-20s. So they looked like all of you. They looked like all of us. They weren't different in any way. They were in their early to mid-20s. And it's just a sweet time in your life where you can start to know the Holy Spirit in such a beautiful way. You can start to know the Lord truly. But you haven't reached the point where the world's jaded you to the gifts of the Spirit, hasn't jaded you to what he's capable of doing. So it's just a sweet spot where you can learn to just go out and change lives. And so my favorite part of pouring in to all of us, to these three, to all of you, to myself, is realizing that we're in that sweet spot right now, that we have this incredible amount of time set aside for us to learn about the Lord, who he is, how he loves us, what the Spirit can actually do. And if you don't know, go read Acts. See everything that the apostles did Because it's crazy. It's insane what they did. And that's bought for all of you. All of you have that inside of you if you allow him to kind of light you on fire in that way. So my favorite part of this is seeing that moment when you guys lit on fire. When when you stop sitting in here and just ingesting sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon. And you learn to digest each of those sermons. You learn to actually mull it over, take it back to the word, figure out what it means and what kind of power it puts into your life. My favorite moment is when you guys go out, we go out and start living it for these people. Because that's when, that's when it's actually worth it. Just like Keaton said, until love is given, it's not complete. It hasn't achieved anything. And so that step of serving It's just so beautiful to watch because that's when lives are changed. That's good. That's good. Am I on? Oh, dude, that was good. For real, go read Acts. There's like crazy stuff in there. King Herod gets like eaten by worms and we like read over it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's in there. (laughs) Uh, My favorite part about porn into young adults. I guess it's two parts. Like, I like to stand in the back and observe because, um, man, you guys get after it. It's awesome, especially in worship. And it's like, I, ju- I just love seeing broken hearts cry out to the Lord. And um, it just, it stirs my affection, the affection of my heart for Jesus because it's like mo- bigger than me, right? We all have our individual complicated lives and it's the same Lord and Father working in each and every one of us. And it's just, it's awesome to me. Um, and then I love hearing the, um, I love hearing stories, uh, not just lifelong testimonies when you got saved, but like when you having the conversations that start months back where people are like, I don't know what the Lord wants me to do, or I don't know where he is and I don't feel him. And then that I think he's doing this, or he's told me this. And then have you seen what the Lord has done? That final aha click moment where it's just like, it's that whole story. And, um, I love hearing those stories and that's been like my favorite part. Sam, uh, I'm going to piggyback off that, the, uh, when you see it click, um, and I, I have such a soft, a soft spot in my heart for, uh, for serving and volunteering and, and our volunteers here, give it up for our volunteers yeah. because they're amazing, amazing yeah. people. And yeah, they're here at, at day in and day out every single week. Um, and we have like a core group of them and they're just amazing and they're here and uh just the amount of time that they give it like it's it's their free time and time is so valuable so to see them just sacrifice that for for to make this run to make like all of the behind the scenes things work is is 
I love that. I love seeing that. Um, but on top of that, I love when I meet someone and and they they just don't see the potential that they have to impact other people's lives. Yeah. And I, I'll never forget this. It was a sermon. Um, I think it was about two years ago now that uh, I think Jordan McCaslin preached on um, being vessels and being middlemen for Christ. Like every single person in this room, as, pretty, as soon as you accept him into, you, into your life, you are a middleman for Christ. You are that vessel that he's going to use to, to speak to people, to pour into people, to pastor people. And each one of you guys has that authority within you. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know if people realize that, but when people actually see it, like when I see it click in their mind and, and actually see them get after it and see them actually like pour into others with, with I mean, with the trust that they have in the Lord, like they don't have all the answers, but they have like that, trust in him and just trust him that he's going to give them the words and the and the ability to just pour life into who everyone they meet like mm -hmm. why connect like or anyone out there like info booth i mean cafe like you everyone has an opportunity to speak life and mm -hmm. and and pour into people and share their stories to to impact other people's lives like you are a vessel you are a vessel you are a vessel you are a vessel and just believe it and and realize that like you have the power and you have the ability to impact people in an incredible way like the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives within you and and that like yeah give it up for that <laughs> just just to acknowledge that and know that and call upon that when when you're when you're feeling insecure when you're feeling doubt about sharing anything with people like that's my that's been my favorite part when you see it click. Yeah. So So my favorite part about serving young adults has been seeing walls come down in prayer and worship, seeing chains literally fall to the ground <laughs> because of the presence of the Lord in this place and the hunger and the thirst that that we carry in here. The Lord honors our heart cries, and he hears every single one of them. And I love getting to see this place and, and see young adults, us, through his eyes, because he sees family. This is a kingdom family. This room is a safe place, saturated in the spirit, where we get to be vulnerable with each other. We get to carry one another's burdens. We get to pray for each other. We get to be the church. We don't, we don't come to church. We are the church. And that, that's, that's my favorite part of, of serving young adults, the fact that the stats in this world say that we shouldn't be the ones leading the charge in compassion and intentionality and loving one another well. But that's what I see in this place is a bunch of young adults who are going to go out into their occupations, into their schools, whatever it is you do. First and foremost, you're kingdom builders. And we witness that. We see that in this place. You, you build his kingdom everywhere you go. You carry that authority. You have that power. His spirit literally rests upon you everywhere you go. And, and we get to witness you come into this place and lay it all down. And, and you've got to hear that, that he honors that. He, he honors you seeking his face. And, and you have so much more power than you realize. That's awesome. Go ahead. 
Did you want to go past? Okay. Okay. Um, so this is just the last question. And if the four of you, um, and I want to honor everybody's time, but if the four of you could just, um, just impart um, your prayer uh, for your friends in this room, um, what do you want to see out of all of us in the next five, ten years? Like, what is your hope for this room full of people? Go ahead, Preston. Five to ten years, I'd love if none of you were here because that'd be really creepy if you were still tending young adults in your mid-30s. Um, if you're 18, I guess you're fine. But <laughs> kidding aside, um, in five years... No, but seriously. But really, get out. In five years, I just want everyone in this room to know what their identity truly is because there's so many in here who are seeking it, who are looking after that calling, trying to figure out what the Lord wants for them, but they haven't taken the time to figure out who the Lord calls them, what he actually says about them, not what he says for them to do, but how he describes them. And until you know how the Lord describes you, you, you won't have any idea what he wants to do with you. We're such a, a community of do this, do this, do this, but we forget to be. We forget to, to learn who we are. Men in this room, we're broken. Like as men, we do not know how to do our jobs well. And I'm just praying that you guys would learn that it's okay to be a five-year-old boy around your father's neck, hanging off of his neck, and just so excited to say, Dad, I'm here with you. And women in this room, you are worth it. You are women. You are not whatever you've decided to call yourself. You're not whatever you've decided to speak over yourself. Because the Lord never described you in that way. So why are you speaking death over who you aren't? You're not even speaking about yourself. He calls you loved. He calls you beloved. He calls you so worthy. Every single one of you is worthy. So go and find out who you are as men and as women and as children of the Lord because that is the moment that you'll step out in faith. That is the moment that this will stop being about coming to a room on Thursday nights, clapping your hands, seeing your friends, getting some coffee and just chilling. That's the moment you'll go out into the world and you'll share his love. And that is the moment when you begin to see your life laid down, when you begin to see yourself poured out. When you lose yourself, you find yourself. When you try and find the Lord, you will find who you actually are. So if there's anywhere I want to see you in a year, I don't want this to be five years down the road. I'd love this if this was by Easter. You guys had a big just breakthrough in that wall. Know who you are. Go read the word and see what he says about you because all he ever did was speak life. He never spoke anything else but life over you. So live that life and love who you are so you can love everyone else in this room and outside this room because it's about them. It's about his kids. All right, my prayer for you, oh gosh, my prayer is five to ten years from now that you would be even more in love 
with King Jesus than you are right now, that you, you would be walking in the fullness That's right. of what he died to give you because he wants to lavish his kingdom on us. He, he's not a father who withholds good things. He, he bled. He bled for our victory. And he, he was hanging on that tree with us in mind. So, so my prayer for us is that, that we, would, we would live in the weight of the knowledge of the cross. Like, like what his death really means for us the freedom, the victory that we get to walk in, the peace, the peace of mind for, for those of us in here struggling with, with depression and with shame and all kinds of brokenness. I want you to hear that, that, that you're in good company, that, that there, is, there is no shame. And he, he bled, he bled so that, that you wouldn't have to stay bloody and broken, <laughs> that you could be put back together. So, so that's, that's my prayer for us, that in five to ten years, we would be walking in wholeness because he, he desires yeah. wholeness for us, for, for our hearts, for our minds, for, for our physical bodies. He, he bled for wholeness. So. That's right. That's right. Go ahead, Sam. Um, one word that has... Uh, I've just been meditating on it this week, uh, sanctification, um, which is to be set apart for a specific and special purpose um, through the process of just becoming more holy. Um, and what I've came to realize this week is sanctification, it comes at a, it's a high price. Um, you have to sacrifice so much in your life to become more like Jesus. But every time you do, he just does amazing things with it he does amazing things in your life and through you and and he's for you and uh, you know I feel like these past seven months have been a, a, a small taste of that a small taste of um, just laying life laying our lives down and little by little just having him strip away the pieces of flesh that are within us and the pieces of of just crap you know not that you guys are not that we're full of that but uh, <laughs> um, but you get my, the gist is he just wants that for you. He wants you to become more like him. And it's going to take hard work and it's going to take sacrifice and it's going to take, first and foremost, obedience. obedience. Um, and that's my prayer, honestly, for that for, like, I know I'm with Preston. Like, I hope that this isn't in, like, five or ten years. But that, that, that you guys know that you can enter this place of just intimacy with the Lord if you give up your life, like if you give up those pieces of your life that you're trying so hard to control and, and clench tight in your fists because you're afraid of trusting him with them, just let those go. Because those things are, are, holding on to that is going to further hinder you from coming closer to him. And until you let that go, like you, I, you won't experience his fullness and like the fullest life that you could possibly experience with him. That's my prayer. That's good, Ben. I have prayed um, the exact same prayer for this group of people for about a year and a half. It's a combination of the prayer in Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3 that the Lord would 
enlighten the eyes of your heart that you may know the hope that you've been called to, that you would be strengthened by the Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, um, that you would know the hope that, that you've been called to. And I think we're starting to see fruit, but there's there's a barrier yeah. here that, that needs to be addressed, and it's one of surrender. It's one of surrender. And I would, I so desperately want to see an Acts 1 through 28 church. And it doesn't manifest itself in like social justice or those are good things or in voting rights or in serving or in giving money. Like these people would walk down the street and people would bring people to them because those people know the Lord. Those people can help me. And the difference, I think, is we know Jesus really, really well. We know the Father really, really well, but we don't know the Spirit very well. And I, I remember very specifically when someone said that to me, like asking for the Holy Spirit and then just experiencing what it was like to have him kind of put me on like a glove and serve the people around me. And it was like, you don't even, you're not even really trying anymore. You just sort of like, it's just like overflow. And guys, I don't, I don't want us to ever be a church. I don't want us to be the lights of the world that put on lampshades and hide because of prevalent evil. There's prevalent evil in the world because heaven is not allowed, isn't being allowed to invade earth through us. Like, it's not evil that keeps heaven out of the world. It's always been Old Testament, New Testament, God's people. And it's time that we, like, get the dam out from us. The Spirit flows through us like uh, flowing rivers. And we've built a dam. And it's it's stopped up so that we are, we're, like, Netflixing and chilling with the Spirit all the time. He lives in us. No, for real. Like... And not a lot. We're, he's like, he lives in you. The spirit of the living God who created all things lives in you. And he wants out. He wants to invade the atmosphere of every place you step. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that, that's, that is my prayer that this generation would surrender to the spirit and then go change the world by his right. presence. I think that's a perfect way to, perfect way to end it. Um, Hey, can we just one more time just um, just honor these four because they have so honored us, and so thank you guys. And then um, I would love it. Uh, Keaton's gonna pray. Um, you guys can stay standing, um, but but we're just gonna pray over you. So if you guys would want to lift your lift your hands, and Keaton, if you could. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every single person in here. I thank you that you love them and that you call them your own. I thank you that you brought them here on purpose, for, for a purpose, that you saved their soul, that you spoke to their hearts. And Father, in this next season of young adults and in the years to come of Red Rocks Church and in Denver, Colorado, I ask that you pour out your spirit on every single one of these people. In greater measure, Father, let us be the lights that shine in the world that bring hope into dark places. And let us walk with full assurance of who you called us to be, who we are, and then who you are. And it's in the powerful name of Jesus Christ I pray these things. Amen.